This is Shifting Our Schools episode 155. What will you make space for? Shifting Our Schools happens with small, significant steps forward. This week, Jeff Utick is back to tour us through a way to keep taking those steps with another free Shifting Schools resource. Before you listen, we want to remind you that this episode has a ready-to-use meeting map, so you can use this episode with your team. Be sure to find the link in our show notes. Okay, educators, ready to dig in, unlearn, and prepare to spark the next shift at your school? Then let's kick off this episode. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm your host, Jeff Udick. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy. I know many of our listeners in my area will just be coming off of spring break. This final section of the school year can sometimes be the toughest. We want to make sure the academic year ends in a way that honors the journey this year has been. And we also want to make sure we model the SEL we hope to deliver to our students. That's why this week's episode focuses on our free guide called The Case for Making Space. If you want to explore the guide before you listen to this episode, feel free to pause here and head over to our show notes to find the link. This guide is useful for teams of educators looking for a framework that reminds us of three things. First, we are human and we can only do so much well before we overwhelm ourselves. Second, If you want your students to appreciate the significance of social-emotional learning, you need to model it. And third, we show how much we value something in the way we make time for it. In this guide, you'll find resources to help you consider making more space for the following. Emotions, new ways of collaborating, gratitude, micro-moments of reflection, playfulness, check-ins, and questions. Now, I'm not saying let's prioritize that full list, because let's be honest, we probably can't. Not all at once. So here's my critical question. If you only prioritize three things from that list for the rest of April, what would you prioritize and why? If you are wondering how you can prioritize your selections, That's where the guide is really handy. It addresses the how with a range of options. But I want to spend a little more time on the why. Because I think as educators, it is the question we must constantly ask ourselves. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's my intended outcome for students? As educators, we are also really good about asking a question and looking at that question through the eyes of our learners. So let me go through that list again, and as I do, listen to it from the perspective of your students. You know your kids. Which three do they most need more space for right now, and how do you know? Do your students need more space for their emotions? Do your students need more new ways of collaborating and reaching out to each other? Do your students need ways to show gratitude to each other? Do your students need micro moments of reflection? Do your students need a little more playfulness in their lives? 
Do your students need to have more check-ins? Or do your students need to be able to ask more questions of the people around them? If you caught last week's episode, you know I sat down with two teens as they took us on a tour of the big lessons they've learned during the pandemic. If you missed last week's episode, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen from these two young ladies talk about their year of learning. And I want to reiterate one idea that one of our guests, Kira, shared. She said, quote, the mistake a lot of my teachers made was thinking we could learn the same amount this year as we did last year, unquote. That has stuck with me. School cannot be the same during a global pandemic. Of course it can't. A crisis doesn't give us the choice to change. We have to adapt. Our students have to adapt. Heck, my cats had to adapt of me being home all the time. So when I think about that list, and I think about the teachers, pre-service teachers, and the administrators I work with every week, I look at that list from their perspective, and I know they need more space for new ways of collaborating. We've all grown as collaborators this year. I know they need more space for gratitude. This school year aren't no longer a competition with each other. Rather, we're all learning from each other. And we need more space for questions. We need to take more time with the really profound questions that have come out of this year. Questions like, what about hybrid and remote learning have prepared us to reframe what we hope to build for blended learning in the future? Questions like, how did PD delivered remotely actually give teachers more time and more autonomy over what and how they learned? I'm currently working with a few schools who have decided they want their PD to be self-paced. Why? They realized during the pandemic that it worked better for their staff, that teachers who are also parents really appreciated the flexibility, that some teachers learned better in the evening, and that teachers felt valued and trusted when a self-paced option was present. The self-paced pathways I've developed are all about fostering new ways of collaborating. I hear from teachers that they feel like their ideas sometimes don't cut through the noise because they are maybe introverted. And you know what? We have the tools to support the entire team. Well-designed blended learning pathways boost engagement. That's why I get frustrated when I hear folks talk about wanting to, quote, go back to a return to normal. Maybe you've heard teachers talking this way too. And I have to ask folks, who was normal good for? We have to remember the system we had in education before the pandemic wasn't working for every student. How do we take what we've learned and make going back better than it was? When I develop professional development resources, I always seek to spark conversations. And I know in order to do that authentically, I need to put structures in place that get rid of the old power dynamics many of us grew up with. I'm talking about how hard it was for me as a new teacher to address problems, to say, let's not just empower students, but let's realize they are powerful. In practice, that means moving away from thinking someone has to win a conversation or that there is just one right answer. I'm not interested in that way of collaborating. I'm interested in collaboration that normalizes our ability to say, I'm not sure, or I don't know. If we want students to feel safe to make mistakes, 
we need to work on that as adults too. So yes, I do want to make more space in my life and my work for questions. I want to leave every professional development experience I'm a part of wondering, wondering with others, how might we learn better together than we could on our own? I'd love to hear what you plan on making more space for in the next few weeks. I hope our free guide helps give you some support in figuring that out and reminding your team that we cannot prioritize everything all the time. That we do have to learn that acknowledging our limits actually means we foster our growth. As always, our free guides are on our website, shiftingschools.com, under the resource tab. You can also find the links to the library in the show notes of today's episode. Until next time, I'll see you on the network. Thank you for being a part of the hashtag Shifting Schools community. We love when listeners like you weigh in. So head over to our show notes to find ways to share your thoughts. Have a request for a future episode? Jeff and his team love supporting you with the content you need. Shifting Our Schools podcast is a proud production of the Shifting Schools team. Looking for a longer interactive conversation about the ideas shared in this session? Contact us at info at shiftingschools.com to find out about our workshops.